It had said in the Camino community that the true Camino begins after the walk is finished, when real life kicks back in again. But I was aware that for me, the true Camino began when I decided to follow growth in my beliefs. Welcome to the Travel Stories Podcast, where we bring you immersive, inspiring, and international travel stories of freedom and adventure from travelers around the world. Here is your host, Hayden Lee. Hey guys, how's it going? Welcome back to another episode of the Travel Stories Podcast. How are you guys doing? Again, I feel like I haven't talked to you guys in ages. I don't know why this happens. I record these a lot. I don't know why this is happening. But I love it when you guys do talk to me. Email me, Hayden at TravelStoriesPodcast.com. That's H-A-Y-D-E-N. I do answer everything. And don't forget, I'll be doing some Facebook live videos and some Snapchatting and stuff while I'm in Brazil over August and September. So the Snapchat is Travel Stories UK and the Facebook is Travel Stories Podcast. Give it a search or Facebook slash travel stories podcast right this is the last episode of season two we've come a long way so next week things are going to become a little more interesting it's going to be cool we're getting the team involved and there's some cool stuff happening so check out next week's episode to find out more about that so last episode of the season who to bring on i thought i would end on a high note and from a high note i mean Something to think about. This episode really, really makes you think. It it poses a lot of different questions. I mean, I attempt to pose some questions, but you know me. And our guest poses a lot of, well, questions, answers, thoughts, and just general stuff that makes you think about life, think about travel. And I want to leave you over this next week because next week's episode won't be a travel story. You'll see what I mean. But I want to, over that gap, I want you to be thinking about these things that we bring up because... A lot of it is really important to not only how we travel, but how we live. So our guest for this episode is Catherine Elliott, who is not, as Google would suggest, the Baroness of Harwood. She is the author of A Camino of the Soul, Learning to Listen When the Universe Whispers. You can find it on Amazon. All the links are in the show notes. She brings with her, obviously, an excellent story from a storyteller and an author. It's an excellent story and some really interesting talking points. You guys are going to love this one. Let's dive in. You're listening to the Travel Stories Podcast, and this is Catherine Elliott. Catherine, how are you doing? Hayden, I am absolutely great. It's good talking to you. You too, you too. Now you prefer Kate, right, rather than Catherine? I, yeah, I'm a Kate. My <laughs> my grandma dubbed me Kate when I was a baby, and I've been a Kate to the family ever since. And Catherine's kind of my my grown-up author name, I think. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I know exactly what you mean. It's weird. With me as well, everyone calls me Lee, which is my last name. Everyone calls me Lee. And whenever anyone calls me Hayden, it's like, man, I'm, I'm in an office or I'm, I'm in a job interview. What is this? You know, it's really strange. It's a really strange thing about that. Oh, well, that's good to know. So I will Lee you for the rest of the, oh, yes. the, rest of the podcast here. Yes. Okay. You're Lee. Nice. You'll be the first guest to ever do that. Well, you're the first one I've told. So maybe I'll start telling people. We'll see how it goes. Here we go. 
There we go. Yeah. Talk so, about nicknames. <laughs> yeah, that's it. So as I mentioned in the intro, Kate is the author of A Camino of the Soul, Learning to Listen When the Universe Whispers. Kate, I love that. Learning to listen when the universe whispers. How good is that? This is something I, I've been talk, I've been talking to with my mother actually a lot. She's been getting into the listening to the universe, and she she's always saying that the universe is talking to her, telling her these things, and she wants to follow them and learn how to follow them. So, I imagine this happened to you, and this brought you on a camino, otherwise known as a journey or the way. So, can you tell our listeners a little bit about it? That's exactly what happened. Yeah, a, a camino of the soul. Um, I went through a period of time back in 2011 where I started paying attention to all the synchronicities, all the messages that are out there for us. If we just, you know, put our, our brains aside, put that headspace aside and, and pay attention to the heart and to the soul. And your mom is absolutely right. I mean, there is so much information. And I think that our, our true calling is there if we pay attention? Um, that passion. I mean, you have found yours. That that passion that we all have, and and know that there's something more that we should be doing with ourselves. That comes to us, I believe, through quiet whispers, through synchronicities, through angel messages, through um, the person that we never thought we would meet that we bumped into on the street who said just the right thing at just the right moment. Mm-hmm. Those kinds of things. And I, I started paying attention to that back in the summer of 2011 for a variety of reasons. And everything has changed. My whole outlook has changed and life is just wonderfully, happily joyful. Oh, brilliant. I absolutely love that. It reminded me, I had a guest on recently, I believe it was, and he asked, he posed two questions. The first one was, how many times have you followed your brain and got it wrong and then regretted your decision and then think about that and then the second question was how many times have you followed your heart and regretted it and the answer to that second one is so interesting because very rarely if ever does that happen and this uh, this I imagine is what you mean when learning to listen to the universe because that as well is following what the universe wants it's following your heart and it's very difficult to regret any decisions when it comes from that do you do you find that to be true I I think that's absolutely true it's absolutely true you know my sister and I as I kind of have started down this path we're talking about it one day and she she has started asking the question when she has a major decision to make you know the question is will I regret doing it will I regret not doing it? Mm. And the answer is always there. And that regret, not regret is the heart speaking, following what the heart is telling you to do. Um, And those things we don't regret. We Mm. don't regret, particularly, particularly if you're someone who happens to believe that nothing in your life happens out of order Mm. and everything is meant to be in one way or another. We may not understand it, at a given point in time. But if, if the belief system, if your belief system is that things are happening the way they're meant to happen, then there's just, there's so much information out there. (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. Do you think that having a belief in that brings you kind of more open to things that might come your way? Say something happens. Are you more, uh, are you more able and willing to say yes to things when they come to you? If you believe that, that everything will happen for a reason? 
Absolutely. Absolutely. No question. You know, when I, when I kind of started down this path back in 2011 and was trying to, to teach myself to, to, to stay open, you know, cause I'd been a real brainiac for, you know, years um, and, and trying to teach myself to look at things differently. I kind of started a new mantra uh, every morning, every evening throughout the day. What I would say to myself is I am aware. I am receptive. I am accepting. Mm-hmm. and kind of watch and listen to what would come into my world. It was my reminder, you know, kind of like a band on your arm. I would just say that to myself throughout the course of the day to remind myself to pay attention. Mm. So let's see if I can understand this. I'm aware, which is I'm, this is as I, as I understand it, I may be wrong. Um, I'm aware of everything that's going on around me and I'm in that present moment. And then receptive being receptive to things that might be coming my way, things I could say yes to and things that maybe I could say no to. And then accepting, maybe accepting of where I've been, all the, all the bad things that come my way. There's nothing you can do to stop them. So you're accepting of the those? Am I, am I in the ballpark of any of those things? You are smack in the middle of the field. Nice. Oh, good, good. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's exactly, that's exactly what it is. That's, it's, um, stay open, pay attention, allow it to come in and accept it. Particularly, as you say, those things that you don't have any control over that, that feel bad at the moment, you know, mm-hmm. be in the now, accept that they're happening because for whatever reason, and, and maybe you'll know one day they're supposed to be happening. Mm. Mm, right. Yeah. So the the book, A Camino of the Soul, a great title, by the way, really Thanks. great title. I love Thanks. I love anything that's kind of a, a switching round of words, a little bit of a pun almost. I love anything like that. And it's a really, really nice title. So if it's a journey of the soul and is learning to listen when the universe whispers, when, mm. when does it begin? You know, does the book go from, go from a, a moment where you realize that the universe is whispering to you? Or is it going through listening to these and where it takes you? Or is it all of those things? Um, it's kind of all of those things. Um, where it really, for, for me, where it really starts is when my mother-in-law, who was living with us um, in Seattle, uh, when she passed away and she and I had become very dear friends, very, very close. And I was her caregiver for the last 18 months of her life. Um, and she passed away. And within 10 days, we found out that my middle sister, Jeannie had pancreatic cancer mm. and it had spread uh, to the point where she was given about four or five months. Um, and it was, so there's a very short window of time there. And I started receiving what I felt were very significant messages, but I couldn't quite figure them out from my mother-in-law in the, in the way of 11s, you know, looking at a clock and it was 711, a license plate 811. Mm. Um, those types of things were, were continuing. And that's when it started because I was trying to figure out what that was all about because I'd never read about it. I didn't know anything about it. Um, I just knew somewhere in my heart that that was her. Mm. So it starts, the book basically starts in about 2007 and carries through to the end of my Camino, uh, which I walked in 2014. I actually did the Camino de Santiago, the 500 miles across Northern Spain, um, following again, uh, what I knew I was supposed to do, what, uh, showed itself to me very, very clearly, um, so, so the book covers that time span, but the majority of it is during 
this 2011 when I started to shift my way of thought through the Camino in 2014. And it, it takes place, the, the lessons and the things that I learned kind of take place within the framework of that walk on the Camino. So it's a mix of both. Right, right. That's amazing. We will definitely be coming back to the book. But for now, you have a story for us today. I do have a story. Awesome. I do have a story. Whereabouts does it take place in the world? The story is in Spain. Ah. Um, it is a Camino story. Nice. Um, and it takes place just outside the city of Leon, which is one of the major cities of Spain and one of the major cities of only two or three that we go through on the Camino. Mm-hmm. Interesting. I can't wait to hear it. If you could give this story a name, what would you call it? I call this story Angel in Pink. Oh, yes. I love it. I love a good title. You've got a great title for the book and a great title for the story. Love it. Rightio, you're listening to the Travel Stories podcast, and this is Catherine Elliott with Angel in Pink. On the morning that we walked into Leon, um, and it was about the 23rd day of the Camino, so we've already been on the trail for three weeks, walking every day, six, eight hours a day. This particular morning, it was a a really arduous walk through a very industrial area that just did nothing for the soul. Uh, It was a walk that seemed to go on for eternity And for the first time in this whole Camino experience, I felt my spirits begin to sink. I'd been tired for the past 23 days, blistered toes, sore shoulders, crying, my toes crying to be released from my boots and and my pack off of my shoulders, but it had always eased. But this particular day was different. And for the first time in those 23 days, I found that my mind and my body totally took over, and I actually started questioning my trek. My decision to walk this this Camino, this Camino Francais, which is a century-old pilgrimage trail leading from the village of Saint-Jean-Pied-de-Port in the French Pyrenees to the city of Santiago de Compostela, which is believed to be the burial site of Saint James the Apostle. It had been two years in the making this particular trip. It wasn't even a conscious decision. It was more of a a soul knowing that I was to make this remarkable journey. Now, my my 20-year marriage had recently ended, and that convinced me even further that the universe was in action and that the timing was exactly as it was meant to be. I don't believe in coincidence. The 23 days of joyous camaraderie with fellow pilgrims that I'd met along the way had been coupled at times with exhaustion and and physical ache, but but nothing had dampened my spirit. I just had an unfaltering belief that I was exactly where I was meant to be. Until now, until this morning. And I, I actually found myself thinking, what the hell am I doing? Maybe if I hadn't embarked on this trek, maybe Jack and I would still be together. Perhaps we would have found a way to hold on to everything that was good and all that was precious. 
then maybe we could have just let the rest go. It yet said in the Camino community that the true Camino begins after the walk is finished, when real life kicks back in again. But I was aware that for me, the true be Camino began when I decided to follow growth in my beliefs. All morning, I'd been plagued with not only the physical toll of the Camino, but again, this soul searching that walking 800 kilometers of thought and memories brings about. We'd only been on the road that day for about four hours. It wasn't even beyond the hours of the midday sun when that's when the muscles and the feet rebel. And, and yet the tears found their way from somewhere so deep inside that I just, I felt I was gonna drown. They remained trapped. They wouldn't break free. They welled up and choked my heart, my throat. Trudging through the traffic, the air was so stagnant, it just felt thick and dirty, and the faces that I passed were no longer smiling and wishing a cheery Boyn Camino as they had been on the, on the trail. They were just empty faces, devoid of emotion. And I just, I found myself so sad that morning. I was sad for the loss of my marriage, sad for Jack, sad that I had the knowledge now that when this Camino was finished, I would be returning to the States and I'd be leaving behind a way of life that I'd come to love. And my heart ached, just realizing that dear friendships were going to die away because you know, that's what happens in divorce. And I kept thinking to myself, if I could just cry, if I, if I could just walk head down and let my tears drop, I know that would help. I, I know I'd feel cleansed and be able to move on and all of this hurt would go away. But instead I just, I ached and the tears wouldn't come. And as we got near a local cafe, I gave in. And I asked the others if we'd stop for a short break. And of course, they didn't ask any questions. Um, our backpacks and our walking poles got dropped along a concrete bench just outside the cafe door. Keep in mind, this Camino family that I had been walking with and I had been together 24 hours a day for you know 23 days, so they knew me pretty well. They recognized that I was in physical pain and I was in emotional pain. And they wandered off to go in and find a cappuccino or a Coke light and asked what I needed and basically said, okay, you just sit, you take your boots off and we're gonna go in. So there I sat, crumpled on a bench, head in my hands, blistered toes, exposed to the sun right in the middle of the city. And I suddenly heard this soft feminine voice greet me. And she said, buenos dias. And I lifted my head a little bit, just in polite recognition. And I looked directly into the mahogany eyes of an elderly Spanish woman dressed impeccably in a light pink suit, a Sunday suit. Her hair was dark and lustrous and was coiffed to perfection. And the pearls around her neck just shone in the sun. Her smile was so intensely warm that I felt like I'd always known her. And in a voice projecting confident strength, she spoke in Madriano and high proper Spanish. And I didn't understand very much in, term of, in terms of the words that she used, but I understood completely in terms of spirit. This elegant woman asked if I was walking the Camino and from which town I had started. And, and I said, yeah, yes, we are. We're, we're walking the entire Camino Francais from St. Jean. And with this, she smiled and she began to tell her own tale, 
her Camino of many years before. I didn't understand all of her words, but through the words that I understood and her deeply held emotion and her animated gestures, she explained to me how she had walked to Santiago de Compostela while she was very ill in her early 20s. And her motions led me to understand that she had a tumor somewhere in her abdomen area, but she had walked this path in faith. She had walked believing that upon reaching the tomb of St. James in Santiago, she would be healed. And her words, warm and full of faith, unquestionable trust in where and why she had been headed, spoke directly to my heart. And here she was, right at this moment in time, this elegant woman, on the very day of my questioning spirit. She was healthy, she was remarkably beautiful, and she was standing before me, encouraging me to go on and to trust that all would be fine that I was walking this Camino as I was supposed to, and to not question. And before she turned to leave, she looked directly in my eyes, she held my hands gently, and she said, Buen Camino, Buen Suerte. Good Camino, good luck. And she was gone, just gone. My walking partners were still in the cafe and it it seemed that time had absolutely stopped. This elegant woman had somehow reached inside of me and lifted away every hurt, every sadness, was absolutely overcome with a sense of peace and well-being. And in those brief moments, the woman I call my Spanish angel in soft pink brought me back to my soul's knowledge that all would be well. I was exactly where I was supposed to be. And her presence at that moment, just as I needed her the most, was proof. No coincidence. For the next 12 days, I never once questioned my walk. Not once did my blistered feet that were so tender and sore hurt, my shoulders or my back ache from the weight of my pack. It was as though my angel in pink had touched me with energy meant to heal my body and my soul. And as my pilgrimage continued, I found myself deeply, deeply grateful for her remarkable gift. My belief in my soul's knowledge and learning to trust in that knowledge, believing I was exactly where I was meant to be in this life, had returned, strong and intact. And I recognized that although we may not always see clearly the reason events happen as they do, life will unfold as it's meant. And that choosing to live in gratitude and expecting miracles allows the energies of the universe to conspire on our behalf. And angels can and they will appear along the way. That was Catherine Elliott with Angel in Pink. Catherine, you can tell that you've written a book. That was amazing. I thoroughly, Thank thoroughly you. enjoyed that. Wow. Good, good. It's just, it's such an important story for so many reasons to me. Mm. Oh, absolutely. You can tell that it was very much a turning point, not just in your journey, on your on your Camino rather, but in your life. Would you say that's true? Uh, absolutely. 
Absolutely. Um, just any, any last, any last doubts, any last beliefs in being exactly where I was meant to be, um, they, they vanished. You know, I read somewhere not long ago, Lee, that nothing in our life happens out of order. And I have so adopted that. Mm. Nothing in my life is out of order. Everything is in sync exactly as it's supposed to be. And I may not understand it, but if, if I believe that, then it leaves me open to accept so many other things. Mm, yes. It's something I think about a lot is um, kind of like the butterfly effect. And I, you can think about this all day. And so I was thinking, if I hadn't have met this guy or this girl, and then I wouldn't have joined that band and gone to there, met that girl who I went to Australia with and started the journey. You know, you can go back, so, like, if I hadn't have been there on that day, nothing. It's so crazy. The amount of things that have to be in the exact order that they are for you to be where you are today. And who knows, the infinite possibilities of where, where else you could be. It's so strange, don't you think? It, it, it is. You know, I, it, maybe you've read this. I read a book that um, Dr. Wayne Dyer wrote where he was talking about at his age, you know, before he recently died of cancer, he, he, he had looked back and, and almost for the first time, it was like he could see the entire tapestry of his life so clearly. And the title of the book is I Can See Clearly Now. Mm, mm. And, he, and he goes back through... Um, phase after phase of his life, things that happened, things that were painful and was able to put it all together. And it's absolutely a wonderful story. I can see clearly now. Mm, yes, it kind of plays into kind of hindsight being 2020. And, you know, you can, once you've been through all this stuff, you can see exactly how it connects. Well, I saw that and I didn't know what this was about when it first happened, but then I realized that it led me here, which was one of the greatest things ever. You know, you can yeah. really see how it turns out. And I find that really, really fascinating. Now, there's something that you said when, when it was getting kind of, when it was a struggle on the walk and you said your brain and body took over because, I find that really, really interesting because a lot of people, they would just think, well, what are you? You're your brain and your body. That's what it is. But in those times, you can just talk yourself into anything. That's your brain trying to rationally say, look, you know, maybe we shouldn't be doing this. And then your body is crying out and it's given you all of these reasons that actually, that, I mean, that some of them make sense. And you can think of reasons why this, why you should stop what do you what do you do in these moments to carry on and let the let the heart decide to do what what you know you should do? What do you do in those moments? I I think I think now what I do uh, more than anything else is um, try to uh, extricate myself physically from whatever it is that's bothering me. Go find go find a quiet place, hmm. um, and if I can't find a quiet place, at least sit quietly and, and literally try to tune out everything else. Um, I, I had never been a person who did meditation. I didn't know how I had no idea how it was done or what good it was due. And that didn't actually start for me until about 2012. Um, and since then, what a gift, mm. what, oh, what a gift to understand. Yeah. To understand that sometimes the best thing you can do is just step away from everything else. And, and, let your spirit just float free. Mm. Let your, let your head open, let in whatever wants to come in. Um, and the other thing that I do that, and again, I, you know, I'm, I'm going to talk Wayne Dyer again, bless him. <laughs> um, 
one of the things that I read in his book, Power of Intention, I think it was in Power of Attention, that really struck me was, you know, those moments when the negative thoughts come into your head and they're just taking over and you can't get rid of them. And, mm. and just, you know, one thing spins into another. Mm. And his, his comment was, take those thoughts and see them as though they were a ticker tape across the bottom of a CNN screen or the news headlines. Let, let those thoughts be that ticker tape. Just look at them mm, mm. and then just watch them fall off the bottom of the screen. Yeah. And as the new yeah. thought comes in, you know, put the positive thought in its place and let that one flow across and just, you know, let it, let it happen because pretty soon the negative ones will go away. Yes, definitely. It's something that's yeah, practice. Definitely. It's, it's, it's something I heard. I think it was, it was a few years ago now. It may be, it may be the same thing, actually, maybe from the same person, but as soon as they come up, just see the words or see them as a, as a little picture or something and just swipe them to the left. There's a, there's a Tinder reference there that I'm not going to make, but swipe it to the left and it's gone, never to be seen again. And then another one comes, just swipe it away. And there's another thing I heard recently. I believe it may have been Tim Ferriss and he was talking about meditation. And he said that when he doesn't do it, he feels like he's got all these tasks to do in the day, right? Which he always does. He's got all these tasks and he is each one of these workers doing each one of these tasks. But he says when he has a meditation aspect to his day, he then becomes the manager of all these workers doing all these tasks. And he can see the, gra the grand picture of everything going on in that day. He gets a bigger, a bigger picture of what's going on. Do you feel that's the same as well? I think that's absolutely brilliant. And great, yeah, I, I do. I absolutely do. Um, if, if the meditation isn't part of my day and if there's a lot coming up and if I haven't really just focused on intending my mm -hmm. day forward, intending what I want to happen, intending that, that things will be good. Um, and, and taking those moments to be grateful at the start of the day, grateful that everything is working out exactly as it's supposed to. Um, when I don't do that, it does get, it gets overwhelming at times. It's what he has to say is absolutely right. I truly believe it. Oh, of course. Well, he's, he's got many, many quotes that I continually overuse on this show. So <laughs> it's great. It's always good to have a favorite. <laughs> oh, definitely. <laughs> so a Camino of the soul, which is learning to listen when the universe whispers, where can people find it? Because if, if it is at all like the story that you've shared today, I'm sure it is a magical read. So where can people find it? Uh, they can find it on Amazon. Um, here in the States, it's amazon.com. Um, in the UK, I think you're at amazon.co.uk. That's the one. That's the one. And in the search bar, just type in a Camino of the Soul and it'll pop right up. Nice. So in both paperback and ebook editions. Brilliant. And can anyone find you on any social media anyway? Have you got a Twitter or anything like that? Uh, you know, <laughs> I am, I am so behind the times. Um, I, a Facebook site would be to um, check uh, Catherine Elliott, just like my name spelled mm -hmm. on Facebook. I'm from Seattle, so that pops up easily. And the actual cover of the book is my is my profile picture. Oh, perfect. Um, and I've also got a blog site, which is kind of fun for people to follow because I do a lot of writing when I am on the road with my different travels. Mm -hmm. I just started it a little over a year ago, and it's um, www um, walking woman walking with Kate blogspot.com brilliant we'll have that linked up in the show notes for everyone to check out and i'll be checking it out myself as well because like i said if you're writing is it all like your storytelling i'm sure it's amazing so i'll be oh, checking that out you. myself 
Brilliant. Well, thank you very much for coming on. It has been an absolute pleasure chatting to you tonight. And I think I feel a little more a little more chill now after speak. You have this effect. You have a chilling effect, uh, you know, really calming. So thank you very much. Oh, good. Well, I'm, I'm glad to hear that. <laughs> and for being the first guest to call me late. Amazing. Thank you. Yeah, we survived that. <laughs> <laughs> yes. I noticed it halfway through one of your sentences. Oh, cool. Thank you very much. So, good. so yes, good. thank you so much for coming on, Kate. It's been really, really fun. Thanks a bunch. I so appreciate it. Travel is education. Travel is everything that will change your life. And the people that you meet, the things that happen, the whispers that come to you, those will be the moments that can change your life. Thanks for listening to the Travel Stories podcast. Get in touch with Hayden on Twitter at Travel Stories UK or online at travelstoriespodcast.com where you can find all of the show notes and resources. Subscribe to the show to join us next time for another immersive, inspiring and international travel story on the Travel Stories Podcast.